this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey guys, this is the Magicians After Show. We're talking binders full of Matt Frewer. We're talking, oh my gosh, twin gods and people riding on chariots of cats. Stay tuned for that uh, God of League special segment. And we're talking timeshares that are not in Florida. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Magician's After Show on AfterBuzz TV. We're talking Season 4, Episode 11, The 411. Good times. I'm Adrienne Snow, and this is my fellow co-host. Hey, guys. It's Nate here. Hey. So, first thoughts. First thoughts. Um, This was good. This was all of, like, the complaints that I've had for the last few episodes of them kind of, like, stretching out what's been going on and not really telling us. We just got so much of the oh, okay. story and like plot of like what the actual plot of this season is. So I was really excited about that. And the whole thing with the librarians and mm-hmm. this revelation that these gods that we've been seeing aren't actually gods. They're mm-hmm. librarians that have been Turned essentially pretending to be gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that to me has made this whole season much more interesting. That like nice revelation. And two, the flip side of like that's of all of the things like possibilities and stuff that we talked about, like mm-hmm. I had not considered that this is what the direction they were going to go in. So I, I yeah. liked it a lot. No, yeah, I really like this episode. I, I, you know, I'm here for any day that we have Matt Frewer, uh, cause I love Matt Frewer, one of my favorite Canadian actors. Um, you can see him. I guess I should just do this right now. You can see him on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Orphan Black. And uh, I know him from Eureka. Eureka, yeah. Eureka is one of the good ones. He's also Max Headroom. If you're like a 70s kid, 80s baby, you might know who that is. No idea. If you don't, get with it. I have a picture on the YouTube channel for you to see who that is. Then Google it. All right. So... Let's just go ahead and start off with Zelda and Katie, then just get right into the librarian. So, uh, Zelda has decided to go get more information about Everett. And the only way to do that is to go into the poison room. And the only way to do that is to have another librarian. So, she's going to get Katie to come and be her, her little fake librarian buddy. So, how did you feel about that, just overall, that um, ex- exploration and Katie 
it was interesting for them to, to yeah, give Katie something to do, you yeah. know, and, and I think given how they've kind of played the whole hedge witches library and things, like it's very interesting for her to be the one that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like seeing her in her like librarian costume. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that was kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. It was interesting. I'm I'm still really curious to see where that Everett like plotline goes. Like they. Obviously, it was part of this episode, and they showed it, and they, you know, talked about it, but it was kind of, like, sprinkled throughout the episode. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't really, I feel like, the weight of what she actually said about him and the fact that, like... That he wants to become yeah, a guy. Like, obviously, it didn't really come until the end of the episode, mm-hmm. but, like, that's a, that's pretty big. And that also kind of, again, leads to that question of why the library really wants to, like, control magic. Like, it's not just for the sake of, like, you know, control, like, saving things and keeping everybody safe. It's There's a reason why that it's been the levels that they've been talking about all season have been so low for everyone, like the mm-hmm. rations and stuff. It's like, where's all the magic going? Well, mm-hmm. here's the answer to that question. So, Yeah, and I, I think it was a nice, you know, I, I guess reveal and also finalization of the, the fact that the Order are truly the bad guys. Like, they aren't, yeah. there's nothing really, nothing they have done has really been redeemable in any sense. Like, Zelda, even Zelda, like, yeah, she's, you know, turned a, a new leaf or whatever or flipped a coin or whatever you want to call it. But she's not... She's still part of the system that she's thankfully trying to break through. Right. But now we at least know that, yeah, they weren't up to... They weren't trying to be helpful when they decided to take over magic. Yeah. And it, it was nice to just kind of get that... A nice breakdown of like how it is to operate as a librarian. Like the the speed reading. That that's like the first right. thing you learn when you become a part of the order. And just uh, how they're able to operate in the poison room because clearly... They're able to put the books in there, and so right. the introduction of those insects that you have to swallow whole, which I was like, that's just not physically possible. I, I was also think. expecting to see um, maybe some kind of ink. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Playing of what's his name being in the poison room. Christopher Plover. Yeah, I think that is. Uh, I mean, this probably could be safe for predictions, but I'll just say it now. I think it's probably the reason why they get locked in there is because he's in there and he potentially gets out. And locks them in, or Everett knows that they're up to no good and has locked them in. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. So, but overall, I really liked the episode. Uh, I really liked that part. I really liked seeing Dean uh, Fogg just kind of lean into his 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 reckless alcoholism yeah. <laughs> and you know helping them uh, you know get Everett out of the office so they can yeah, go the and explore the poison room. Yeah, and the ringing bananas—a nice little gag. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. So I overall at first I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out if like he just that was like his secret phone. Yeah, but then he, uh, they made the joke. Clear the GPS is slightly yeah. off. I was like, oh okay. I was like, because that's weird. Because that he doesn't seem to right. be anticipating anything. Yeah. So, but it was nice to see like that's how they uh, even the library operates is that they're the way they are able to communicate is always just through GPS coordination and not through the way that we normally right. uh, communicate. That's cool to see. Uh, was there anything else to touch on with that? I, I think with Everett wanting to be a god, so does that tie into, do you think that might tie into Darth Elliot in terms of needing 
him to be released to kind of get people distracted, or what do you think? Well, because of this show and how it can be kind of feel goody, my I mean, again, this is kind of predictiony, but I, I feel like we might find out that like maybe the twins aren't actually so bad, mm-hmm. and and like maybe you know the story's been kind of like twisted, or maybe they were pushed to do bad things because they were like experimented on and stuff. Uh, but it definitely has to be related because of the whole binder thing, like. If if he is going to try to do the same thing of somehow harnessing that magical power to make himself a god, he's going to have to bind it to something for mm-hmm. him to be able to make that connection. So he's either going to have to use the binder. He's either looking for the binder or some other way. Well, I thought that he didn't... I mean, he does need the binder to to do it. But the binder also... Doesn't he just need mainly parts of a god? So wouldn't he just need to take a part of of the sister god and put it inside of him and have the the binder come and do that for him. Well, from what I understood, it was the way that the bind, the reason why the binding worked is because the sister god was an actual god and the, mm-hmm. the god himself have power within them. So mm-hmm. they took the power. So that they were just using the god as a power source. Mm-hmm. What it seemed like to me is Everett is, in, in, as opposed to trying to use a god as a power source, he's just trying to use the fount of magic in some type of direct way to get mm-hmm. this reserve pool, which again ties into the Fillory plot line of mm-hmm. them. That that has to be that has to be the reserve that they're talking about. Is mm-hmm. it's somewhere the on Fillory because mm-hmm. that's where the spigot is. That's where the connector is, right? So that would make sense if they're going to. Well, shave. it's, it's this, the spigot's like throughout. There's one like located right, but in, the in multiple but places. the main one that they attach the siphon on, mm-hmm. right, is on the flip side, the underworld Oblivion Castle thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Fillory, so and, and they talk about mm-hmm. how Black Spire is underneath the castle, mm-hmm. and the water lady was talking about the where they were keeping it captive. So I feel like he's I don't know if it's going to be the same thing of like somehow that's like God power, or if he's just trying to avoid the whole issue of having to deal with God's the God's wrath of like killing a God again, mm-hmm. and just being like, well, I just got the magic directly. Now how do I get that? In yeah, me? I don't know because that wouldn't really make him. A god to just have an endless source of of magic per se. It would have to be if he wants the god power where its magic being turned off doesn't even affect him. Uh, it would make sense that he would want to do what. Um, yeah, but if you think of it like okay. as like it's a, if you, I mean, obviously it's magic, so it's not something that we can like relate in tangible terms. But if you, in, in my head, I try mm-hmm. to think of it as like a power source, essentially. Mm-hmm. If you do stuff with magic, and the magic is that kind of energy that mm-hmm. promotes that. And in my head, a god can kind of almost has like a nuclear reactor inside themselves where they can create mm-hmm. that own energy. Mm-hmm. So that's why when the magic turns off, it doesn't bother them because they can do it on themselves. So I'm, if yeah. I'm, if I'm ever, I'm thinking, if I have this fountain magic, I can create a pool. Maybe there's a way that I can essentially jumpstart my own. Reactor actor having enough power so that I can so that basically he can create the same type of stone that the other exactly exactly so that right and so that's why I was thinking Mm -hmm. he would try to get the binder in some way so he could find some way to take all this big abstract power that he's reservoired and put it into some type of focusing device Mm -hmm. that makes him a god like Mm -hmm. he saw the other librarians do because that's what I'm assuming is that's where he got the idea from is somewhere in the library there is the story of these gods before because that's the other implication that was really interesting in this episode is mm-hmm. that the librarians, you know, pre-exist 
some other gods, like some of the younger gods, because if if they're here being Angus and being all these other mm-hmm. air quotes gods, even though they're not really, they're still involved in Pantheon and all this other mythology that's going on. Mm-hmm. So this had to have been way, way, well, yeah, way the order back. is pretty ancient. Exactly. The binders. So involved. how old is Everett? Is he like a new librarian that just found out about this? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This whole stuff is very, very interesting to me. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and into the whole Margot Julia, Margo, Julia, Penny, Matt. For, sorry, a.k.a. Binder storyline then, just to jump off of that. So I, I love that we just kind of got straight to Margot being in, back in New York. We didn't have to deal with, like, the whole quest back or anything like that. It was very Game of Thrones season seven for me, where they did the truncated season and, like, they're like, all right, he's traveling to Dragonstone from north of the Wall, and it's, like, next episode. It's like, cool, he's there, even though that should have taken, like, three months that, and that's maybe what it I did. mean. Yeah, you're right. But and, and, and it's okay. They move the plot along. It just it just reminded me in that same way of like, all right, that's fine. This is where we are now. Well, I think they've done so much of them like traveling and being lost, and that you know, after the whole musical episode, there was kind of a desire, I think, from fans to just kind of be like, can they all be together already? Like, yeah. do we have to keep stretching it out where they're not together? So having them do that, I appreciated it because I didn't really want to see her. I didn't want to see the extra five minutes it would take for her to figure out how to get into, uh, get out of Fillory or right. the land south of Fillory. Right. So I appreciated that. And then I was also here for tampons being used for blood magic. Yes. Yes. Can we include this in every type of supernatural show that needs blood magic from here on out? Because it makes so much more sense than stupid 40 minute long uh, quest for someone's blood. Period. Blood. Blood magic done. <laughs> like, it was, I just never seen that before and I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'd rather do that than cut my hand open or something. Yeah, so. or like have to rip someone's heart out. Just be like, just give it like two weeks and <laughs> we're good to go. You know what I mean? So I appreciated that uh, being used uh, as a way to fr- progress the story. I also appreciated Penny overcoming his, you know, gross outedness to, to do the actual spell. Um, and I, I really liked just the overall uh, uh, visual of the binder coming mm-hmm. to life. The book, Coming yeah. out of the book. I liked, yeah, even the, like being a big fantasy guy, like the way that he immediately started talking in that third person. Like you get mm-hmm. this kind of like mystical trapped mm-hmm. person kind of a thing. And it was yeah. just, it was really cool. And it, it, again, like this was not something, a direction that I thought the story was going mm-hmm. in. It was a really surprise surprising element for me Mm -hmm. and I I enjoyed it a lot yeah it was it kind of him talking in the third person outside of just kind of making it more like a book also added a sense of humor to the character that I really appreciate it because that can be kind of boring to have someone do a third person but for the way Matt Furrier did and especially with that took you long enough I was like oh I appreciate that they're he's coming up with a lot of like exposition too and Mm -hmm. like storytelling so for it to be also entertaining at the same point is is very important I think they they nailed it because he did he does he basically is like all right in case you haven't figured out what's going on Mm -hmm. here's what's going on (laughs) well and it was also he he had the major reveal of it being librarians which was was nice to include that and I know every year they like to do their music episode and every year they like to do the, the little puppet show so or their shadow shadow puppets um, so I appreciated them bringing that back just for this for this instance and for uh, them including the actual characters in, in seeing it because mm-hmm. usually it's done kind of just for the audience at mm-hmm. home 
to, to have Penny be like, really, a puppet show right now? I appreciated that. Oh, so Yontrell George says, I feel like Alice and Quentin is kind of forced at this point. Mm, we'll see. I'll go, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but outside of that, we get Hyman making a comeback. Didn't even think he could leave. I didn't know he could leave break bills. He, he turned himself into a penny. He can... Well, yeah. Well, Penny turned himself into a penny. Right, but he, and, and then afterwards he was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that too. And then... Yeah, I just didn't think that... I guess, yeah, I, I didn't think he would leave Break Bells, but I guess if they're not there yeah, and he, he is he their to, favorite story. He had to follow the storyline. I guess. I was just very surprised, but it was it was refreshing to see him, to see, see him be like P40 and all that kind of ridiculousness that he does. Um, and for him to just be so ridiculously offensive. Uh, without even really, like, effortlessly <laughs> Into, yeah. offensive. Uh, oh, Hyman. But I still, I still really like you and what you do. And I appreciated that they that he was really just trying to be helpful to Penny Twenty Three. And it's like you will never do this for yourself. You're always going to sacrifice yourself for others. Yeah. You know whether or not you're Penny Twenty Three or Penny Forty, like just get it on with Julia. Which uh, okay, so like kind it of kind selfish. of it was also it just kind of popped up out of nowhere that Hyman came back, and I think it's because they just really like the actor. But it was like uh, we get uh, it. It's got to it's got to come in. He's gonna come into play in like the next few episodes for sure. Because there's no reason that they would just bring him up just for that. It has to have been like some foreshadowing for something. They're gonna need. They're gonna need him to like inhabit some object or something to like help them. Like maybe maybe he's gonna help with like the binding spell, yeah, or something like that. That that especially them on this episode bringing him in so late. Like there's got to be a reason. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know they kind of have a lot of uh, Chekhov's gun, and is that Chekhov that does that shit? Whatever, whichever playwright that does the gun that's introduced at the top of the act has to be used by the end of the second act, something like that. I don't know. I haven't been to theater school in a very long time. But yeah, 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 yeah. um, wow, I've heard that a long time. (laughs) Yeah, but they kind of do that with like introducing Christopher Plover, then having him disappear for a while, but then having them have a need to go to the poison room. So I think them bringing in Hyman does mean something. I just don't know what what yet. Also, for like I've noticed too, especially when they do like types of magic or like specific spells where they talk about the spell. That's mm-hmm. it's that that is the gun where that you know mm-hmm. that if they're telling you about it now and they want you to know how it works, that that's because they're going to use it later and they want yeah. you to understand. So they in that same way, that's why I think it was important that he yeah he did all that stuff and mm-hmm. it was seemingly random. But when he explains it of like mm-hmm. how did you do this? Oh well, remember when you taught me before how to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Later, he's going to do that thing. Uh, at least that's what I feel like. Yeah, I think especially now that Julia's been been kidnapped, body napped by uh, Darth Elliot, that will probably come into play. And it was also nice to see Margot flexing her fairy eye because we we've kind of gotten hints at it, but for her to clearly be able to 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 see him, yeah, I was like, oh, that's really. Oh, I wish she had been back in New York when Penny was dying, <laughs> like because she's had the fairy eye. I feel like there was definitely maybe a slight, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, but a slight crossover of when she had the fairy eye and when Penny was trying to figure out how to get back to his body. Maybe not. I don't... A slight crossover before he went down to the library. I don't think she got the eye until later that season. The yeah. Kings, right? Maybe. I could be wrong. That's why I said it could be wrong, but I thought there might have... It would have been nice to see that interaction. Tell us in the chat. Yeah, let, let us know. Can Julia get hurt? She's indestructible. She 
no, she's not. She can, she is indestructible, but she. Um, it doesn't mean that her body can't be inhabited by someone else. I don't think. I think he could definitely use her body. In we'll some find way. out. I yeah. found more interesting the whole thing of the binder. And gods of like, can kill gods. Hey, I can help you become a full god again. But by the way, I can also help you become a full human. So yeah, what you want to do? By the way, when you're done, you got to burn me. <laughs> yeah, and either way is painful. So there was that kind of thing at the end with her and, and Penny where. She's like, she wants to be happy. But then the, I was like, but the binder just told you that pain is, is happening on both sides. So it doesn't really matter which way you go. There will be pain. Um, yeah, but. But she's, well, is mean, she not happy as a god? It's a clear choice. What, my, being a god? No, being, being human. <laughs> okay. Being a god. 100%. After, after growing up human, so you can watch everybody that you've known your entire life to grow old and die. She can die whenever she wants. She just have another god killer. What? I'm not going to give up the power. Are you kidding me? Wow. All right. It's <laughs> too useful. Yikes. In a world where where magic is real and being there's able, always Being able danger, to do magic already is not enough power. No. You have to be she, a god. Because of, we've seen the past two seasons of how that cannot be helpful. She's been more helpful as a goddess than she ever was as just a magician. Like, it's, it's just true. So you want to be a god and she was a great you wanna, goddess. You want, you want to be helpful. That's what I think gods are supposed to be there for, if you believe in such okay. things. Um, anyways, before we move on, I think we just want to send out a little thing about talking about After Buzz and how much we love you guys. You got that, Nate? Yeah, we <laughs> just really wanted to say thank you uh, to all you guys for making us the ESPN for, uh, of TV Talk. And for us to continue to grow, we could really use your guys' help. If you're listening on YouTube right now, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. And no matter where you're listening, please leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Being a part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to us. Uh, we really, truly appreciate you guys for supporting us and doing what we love. And don't forget to tell your friends and keep enjoying our shows. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please, please, please rate, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, you know, we do read the comments on YouTube, even if we don't agree sometimes. Uh, we do reach out and, and, and hear you when you talk to us on, on Twitter and everywhere you go. So please do all those things. We appreciate you having a, uh, being our fan base. And back to the show. So <clears throat> was there any final thoughts you had before we move on yeah, to... What about Penny? If she chooses to be a god and then falls in love with Penny, then she has to watch Penny die. Penny and... is also not fully human and can live far longer than a regular human. He already said that. He already said, like, they are essentially kind of immortal. Oh, my God. What? Are travelers? Is that yeah. canon? Yeah. Is that old? Yeah, they're not, they're not fully human. Interesting. And he hinted at that when she talked about it, like, an episode or two ago. I must have missed that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like... I just think it's better. I just her. feel like the God choice is that thing of, like, it's, it's, like, the obvious answer, and that's why it's, like, not the right answer. Uh, I mean, I think in the books, she's still a god. Spoilers. But what? <laughs> Y'all don't read the book. I don't know. We'll see. I don't read the book either. I, I'm just surprised that you feel you're so, up. like, boom, this is what it is. Because even, like, I feel like humans are the right choice, but also, like, I'm still kind of, like, in the middle, and I don't know what, I don't know what she's thinking. So I thought that was just really interesting for, for him to be, like, because mm-hmm. I was expecting him to be, like, hey, by the way, I can help you restore your godhood. I was mm-hmm. not expecting him to be, like, by the way, if you just want to go back to being human, we can do that, too. I just didn't think, think that was an option. I think for Julia, it's better to be a goddess. 
I just do. And I think the way that she handled being a goddess when she was a goddess was really, was really good. I agree with It that. doesn't mean that it can't go dark. It, must, it doesn't mean that she can't suddenly have like a, a, a dark turn, but that can happen as a human, too. Very true. So why not have that extra... She's been so helpful. Sure. Like Especially when magic was turned off, she was just so helpful. I, yeah. can't, I can't not say that I, I don't want her to be a goddess. And, but anything else on that before we move on? Just I want to touch on uh, Josh Finn and Tech before we move on to Quentin and Alice. All right. So, I think, uh, eating out with Josh Overman is probably one of my best or one of my favorite little one-off ridiculous scenes I've ever seen on the show. I don't know how you felt about it. I loved it. I was confused. Lavender and honey is a thing. It's marvelous. Just real. Talk. You I was, were confused. Why? I just, I didn't know. I did, couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, the magic being wonky in Fillory has been slightly confusing for me because they haven't really explained it as much, and so I've kind of been. And then they'll explain it partly with like Finn going on her little quest, and then they'll change it again. And so I didn't really realize that it was an actual ongoing problem until. Josh had that eating out with Josh Hoberman. But also kind of knowing that that might be a part of his future because it's part of the winds of fate, I really appreciated that too. I was like, oh, he might actually have a cooking show called Eating Out with Josh Hoberman. Uh, Food never make a show called that for my own dirty sense of humor. Um, so we, we get introduced to the Naiad, and someone was talking about that, but now it's gone. Um, we'll find it. Uh, Equals sorry, Yantral George's godhood equals practically indestructible and basically limitless magic. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Anyways, um, we get introduced to the Nyad whose blood, and this was kind of a fun little play on how water works for <laughs> this universe of mm-hmm. it being her blood that lives outside her body, and anytime we drink it or pee in it, it's it's painful to her. Mm-hmm. It was. I wish we had more time with Nyad. I hope she comes back next season. What were you, what were your thoughts on that whole introduction to that uh, character? It was. I mean, this is. I I really like all the Floria stuff for that same reason mm-hmm. of like you know I love Narnia. I love fantasy world. So I like mm-hmm. that they they basically get to like make up whatever they want to kind of go along with it, and it's usually pretty interesting. Uh, I'm with you. I, I would like to see more of that kind of a you know elemental style like of of exp- explanation of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just found the scene really interesting as a great, like, just the way that they talked about it for them to ultimately, at the end, realize that it's more than just, like, the water. It's about, like, the magic and the reserves mm-hmm. under, like, I just thought that was a really clever way of mm-hmm. taking something that I thought was seemingly not that important to the main storyline. And then mm-hmm. by the end, I was like, oh, oh. Like, this is actually, like, yeah. magic you're talking about, yeah. the, the flow of magic, yeah. And and the, the trio of... Uh, Fen, Josh, and um, Tick, and Tick mm-hmm. was is pretty humorous. Oh yeah, it was, it was great to kind of just have that 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 trio doing their thing and Tick, the little end the button of him after they figure out the thirteenth through the rhyme the right. the bear was it what the bear trap no the bear the bear skip, um, and him taking a sip of her of her blood water. <laughs> Just, like, not even thinking about it and her yelling out in pain at the end. I just love, like, that kind of hopefully done on set kind of button thing they play with. Um, But the idea of of the bear skip, it seems like a hybrid of um, hop skip, 
hopscotch. Hopscotch. I don't know. I don't play that anymore. And the floor. <laughs> wow, you're so cool. I'm I'm just old. That's okay. that's it. And the floor is lava. And then also uh, Ring Around the Rosie, which is it was like the, it's like a hybrid of like yeah. every single type of childhood thing nursery, you could do. Yeah. yeah, which I, I really appreciated. And that they were their rhymes were about learning what they said cis, the cistern. Like you're learning cisterns. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's cute. Yeah, because you do underground learn. reservoirs. Yeah. You know. Much more educated way to 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 learn things than ring around the rosy. Yeah, when I mean, you don't realize it's about the plague. Fun times. Uh, so when they finally get in, I'm I'm curious to see where what that's going to lead to, especially since it's so tied to being a part of the bear. Do you think it's just going to lead directly to the thirteenth? Do you think there's going to be an actual bear we're going to encounter? I love the honey or die line at the end. Hopscotch, um, thank you. I haven't thought anything about the bear stuff. I just figured that it was. Related to the Everett thing of the librarians and them like keeping magic, I I didn't even think about the bear thing. I don't I don't I didn't read it that way uh, that there's like a bear. I thought it was just like that's mm-hmm. just happened to be like a a way folk to hide tale it. that yeah that just had kind of like passed been passed down as a way for people to remember but not really remember until it was like really relevant. Yeah, I I had a feeling especially I've had a feeling that maybe. They might still bring in a bear just because they kind of like to, to to think make you think that they're not going to do something as on the nose, and then they actually do it. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, we've seen talking bears on the show before. We've seen talking bears, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was protected in some way by a talking bear or something of the sort. But I'm curious to, to see what the tunnels will lead to. And I feel like it's going to lead to like librarians. Uh, you think the li- librarians are in Fillory? I th- or at least, I mean, again, mm-hmm. under Fillory, wherever that, like... The Black Spire? Yeah, where that, where that, that's like the main hookup to magic. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Fillory also had its own wa- um, magic that ran underwater back in season two or three when right. it got turned off. So yeah. it may not necessarily be quite the Black Spire. I agree. Uh, anywho, I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to do triple duty of, of leading this and then engaging in conversation and then also trying to do the chat. So if you see me all of a sudden stop and, and mumble to myself, it's because I'm reading. You're doing great. Uh, thank you so much. All right, well, anything else to say about Josh, Finn, and Tuck? I'm just happy to see them on a little quest together. I think it'll be fun. I like that they're they're giving our, our side characters lead roles this season. It's been a lot of fun to see that. And let's go ahead and move on to Alice, Q, and Mayakovsky. So Mayakovsky making a comeback. I was watching some Catherine Zeta-Jones movie, and he played her hmm. her boyfriend before she leaves him for um, uh, the one where she's a cook. I don't know. No idea. Chat, if you know. The one where she's a cook, and she falls in love with handsome um, face from The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. What is his name? Nope. Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> like, there we go. He played, Maya Costi played her, her boyfriend. Anyway, it's a fun fact. So, we finally have a reason for Alice and, and Q to be alone again. I don't know. Convenient. So, someone in the chat mentioned that they are tired of, trying, of, of them trying to make Alice and, and Quentin a thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I do like Quentin with... Elliot. But I don't know. I, I mean, I don't mind them together. I wish Quentin would stop pouting so much. He's pouting a lot. Yeah, I didn't really care for this. He's pouting quite a bit throughout the season. But it was nice to see that he got his 
his specialty, which was repair small objects. Yeah. I think he was fucking with him. Minor mending. I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. In the in the books, his his thing is minor mending. Oh, really? Yeah, and repairing small things is like a Aww. cute way of like saying that without saying it. Oh, okay. Well, but I mean, I, I feel it like still works. But. Yeah, but I, and I also feel like that is going to lead into and the end of the season of mm-hmm. him using his ability to like fix small things. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going like, to put the pieces back together or something or maybe yeah. he's going to like unbind the stones or something of that nature, but mm-hmm. his specialty is definitely going to have to come into play. Yeah, they wouldn't introduce him without yeah. without bringing it up later. Yeah, I mean I like Mikowski as a character, but I just don't I'm with this person like mm-hmm. I I honestly don't care either way if they get together or if they don't I just am mm-hmm. kind of tired of the like back and forth yeah I don't, and, yeah. and this is an interesting way to go about it for sure like mm-hmm. the time people in different bodies and each of them having to interact with the other one who's in a mm-hmm. different place in the relationship mm-hmm. is it's interesting way to I mean I've never seen anybody approach it that way mm-hmm. but because of what I've seen with all these characters and how Pouty Quentin is and like how Alice is like kind of always the same way it's just like well, I think it's just, just been care, it's been going on for a long time. So, because right. we're talking about the, the scenes that they're referencing in the timeshare are uh, season one, yep. like episode six or something like that, you know. So, yeah. and we're now on season four, episode eleven. So, it, them being on and off, it, it's every season. It's not like you know Ross and Rachel, where at least you got like a six year break. Did she? Cross the line by kissing him? Mm, why? Because it wasn't his. It, it, well, I mean, it's still technically his body. Well, I feel like that makes it worse because she knows that he doesn't want that. Yeah. I mean. It just came off kind of well, as, like, assaulty to me. Like, I, I feel she, like if that happened, if, the, if that was the other way around, mm-hmm. that would be. I feel like it would be a little more jarring, maybe, but like, just the idea of kissing someone who you know doesn't want to kiss you, but you're you're gonna well, take she's advantage kissing of kissing a version of him that does want but, to kiss her. But, so you're saying because it's because it's because, but his she, body, but she knows better. She mm-hmm. yes, at that time mm-hmm. back then he wanted to kiss her. Yeah, I think she, it's also well going off of that. I think it's also the same reason why Quentin allowed past Alice to kiss him. It, you know, even though he didn't want it, it was one of those things of like, if I'm too put off by it, it it's gonna it's going to signal something with him. And she, unlike uh, past Alice, didn't get to finish her spell because when I went back and watched, I was like, oh, she did not actually finish his his memory wiping spell because she ran out of magic. So there is kind of the playing off of well, I don't want to mess this up. Right. In terms of messing up the past so he can make it back in time. Yeah. But at the same time, Cause I, I, but they did I, the I can knots see both. And all that stuff. And I feel like by the time that that happened, I don't know. I just, I, it, that, I just stuck out to me. Mm. I thought that that was a, a breach of, of trust. I would be, if I well, was playing, I would be though, upset. On a few things, because I was curious as to when did Quentin come back? <laughs> like I was like, well, when did he come back? Because you can, I think, if you watch it, you can tell he comes back in like in the middle, and and she's like, oh, ah, and he's like, yo, what? No, 
He came back before. He came back before he... I'll rewatch it. Yeah, because there was this moment of... Okay. Uh, there was this moment of... She kind of, she was kind of resisting, and he was pulling her in, and she went for it. And then they were still kissing, and he was still kissing her. And then when they pulled away, she was like, oh, that was nice. And she went in for a kiss again, and that's when he's like, no, it's me. But I'm pretty sure... That he came in halfway through the first kiss. Like, I don't think. I don't think. I feel like he's made himself pretty clear about how he feels. Uh, okay. I'm not saying, I'm not denying that either, but I'm also, but he's also just spent, um, what, an hour or two with the past Alice, who just told him that, like, she's the best thing that ever happened to him. And so, there, it's not, I, I, I you know, if, That's not, if it could that... be as black and white as we want it to be, Everything in life would be a lot easier. True. <laughs> like, yeah. But th- especially when it comes to them, there's always been this weird grayness sometimes of, it, even with Alice. If you go back to when Alice was recovering from being Neff and Alice, mm-hmm. and he was trying to convince her to fall back in love with him. Mm-hmm. Th- neither, I'm not saying that either one of them are good for each other mm-hmm. um, or are right. I'm just saying that they have a a common way of handling how they deal with their emotions, which is they pull away, they get back together, they pull away, they get back together. So, hmm. but I don't know. That's just my, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it just kind of goes to, as as much as we can get frustrated with these characters in specific, like they are still very interesting, well-written characters because we're able to have this discussion about being unclear on their emotions because it is such like a, tricky situation feelings mm-hmm. are neither right nor wrong and they change and mm-hmm. you know you deal with these people and you have these interactions with people and they have this very tenuous relationship it's interesting to watch yeah and you know they can get caught up in the moment of things and then realize nope this isn't where I'm not I'm at anymore and you know um, it seems like Quentin right now and you know who knows what will happen next season Quentin kind of wants to be with Elliot like that's been his main focus all season is getting Elliot back not being with Alice so who knows where, where that'll go at this point. But any final thoughts on this before we move into God of the Week and then also predictions? I think that's pretty good. Okay, so let's go ahead and move into God of the Week. Disappointed! Oh, Kevin Sorbo. Disappointed indeed. All right, so this week uh, there, were, there wasn't like a particular God that we, we really touched on, that we hadn't touched on prior. So I decided to go with twin gods, because I'm trying to figure out who these who these gods are going to be. And there's a few throughout different cultures and history, so I was like, let's just go with three. So the first ones are Isis and Osiris of the Egyptians uh, uh, myth mythology. Uh, they are the twin children of, I'm going to say it wrong, Jeb or Geb and Nut. Uh, they were... Also, husband and wife. Dope. Yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, Set. They were also siblings to other gods, and Set eventually chopped up Osiris. And a little interesting, I was like, huh? Kind of playing into that. Um, And Isis came and retrieved Osiris's uh, pieces and wrapped them, kind of coming up with the the origin of the mummy wrap. Hmm. So that was like a fun little fact that I learned about that. Um, also, Isis is the most powerful of the Egyptian gods, which is another kind of like, well, maybe they are kind of going in that route. I was like, it would be nice if they cast 
people of the African culture. But whatever. <laughs> like, I was like, if they're going to go that route, maybe they could bring that up. Uh, but she was the most powerful of the of the Egyptian gods, gods, and she was absorbed into the Greco-Roman mythology as well. So then my favorite discovery was Freya and Freya of the uh, Norse mythology. Uh, they're the children of Njor. They're also... Freya is... Or Freya is the god of fertility, and Freya kind of ruled over the heavenly field, was also a god of, goddess of fertility as well. They were only subordinate to Thor and Odin. And I just want to talk about this picture. If you're not on our YouTube, uh, just go Google Freya and uh, Freya. Freya. And look at the images, because Freya rides a boar, which is like, okay, cool, God, you know, Norse, whatever. And Freya has a chariot of cats. <laughs> I'm a cat lady, and I want this as a painting in my room, but with me, so she be black. Because I am so in love with the chariot being uh, driven by cats. And then lastly, we have Artemis and Apollo. I feel like I don't even really need to say anything about them. Y'all know who they are, but I'm going to say something anyway. <laughs> because they're the Greek, um, part of Greek mythology, son and daughter of Zeus and Leto. Artemis is goddess of the hunt and patron and protector of young girls. Diana is also the Roman version of her. Diana also being Wonder Woman, so that kind of ties into that. Why Diana is considered so strong. Hmm. And Apollo was a sun god, also the god of music. And I can't read my own handwriting. Um something else and he could bring the death and the plague so it was nice to see that twin gods are are throughout history and throughout a lot of different cultures a lot of them represent one part being good and one part being evil right the balance yeah it'd be kind of cool to see that darth elliot's uh god is maybe the evil and maybe his his sister is actually the light because they even kind of do that where when you're looking at the um the shadow puppets, where one is the light and one is the dark. So that was kind of playing with that yin-yang of the, of the two characters, which I thought was cool. Possibly. Yeah, so that's it for God of the Week. Feel free to look those those gods up. They're really kind of cool to just kind of explore them. And and then also with Isis and Osiris, uh, there were there were other gods that took parts of Osiris when he was broken apart. So that's kind of another play on that as well. It was... Uh, Nathias and Anubis were also a part of that kind of people that came together to protect him after he, he'd been hmm. murdered by his brother. Okay, let's go ahead and move into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. You want to go first? Uh, sure. I, don't, I mean, I don't really have any big predictions as much as... I'm just curious to see these plot lines kind of like tie up and come together. We've mm-hmm. kind of seen them move in that direction already so far. Uh, I'm excited to find out more about Everett. Like it seems like he's much more of a big bad than we've kind of been able to be led on to be. So I'm I'm curious to hear more about like his plan and that stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I also think it's interesting too. Again, that they talked about like when they made the god for them to test on, which ended up being the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That she, they made her with the intention of her being unable to be killed. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously we have Julia, who now is indestructible and un- unable to be killed, who mm-hmm. gets kidnapped to be the body in the end. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious to see what that's going to mean, especially with the girl already that he had. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure what that's going to happen with. But yeah, I will say. I know you said earlier that they they tend to to end on on happy notes. 
I was, or something like that. I was surprised you said that because I've never noticed that in the history of the magicians. They tend to, in seasons with like people being chopped up by the the beast, and then that's the cliffhanger, or you know, like Julia, well, was raped, and then like on the penultimate episode of season one, uh, Alice dying, all that kind of stuff. So they tend to go way dark, and then give you a recovery like. Top of yeah, the next season, a reprieve. So I don't think I think it's all down here from from downhill from here, folks. I don't think it's going to be anything fun or pleasant. I'm curious about really small stuff, like why Alice smiled at the end of that of the episode when she was talking with Q about his his um, powers. I'm curious as to how Penny's going to work with Hyman to get Julia back. I still want to know who's. Oh, wait a minute. Is Hyman who Penny saw in the elevator? I don't think so. Maybe. Well, either way, I, we still don't know who that is. We still don't know who that <laughs> yeah. is. We still got a bunch of stuff we got to figure out. I'm curious as to if Christopher Plover is messing up and about to kill Katie because he's wants to go kill Alice, you know? And and he is pretty much indestructible because of the beast and, and the spell and all that stuff. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's fun to, to be in a position where I don't know, and I'm not angry or irritated because I'm like, right. this is taking too long. So it'll be an exciting next two weeks. But I think that wraps up this episode of the Magici- Magicians After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Nate, where can they find you? Guys, you can find me everywhere at Dog Like Nate. All right. You can find me everywhere on Instagram and Twitter, but not everywhere, but just Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Miss Adrienne Snow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ty Matthews will be back next week. You will be back next week because he's much better at this than me. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.